Philadelphia. Are you ready? <laughs> this is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast. Your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Welcome everybody to Brotherly Love Wrestling. And on today's show, we have the bulldozer himself, Mr. Matt Tremont. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Now, as we can see behind you, you got the H2O t-shirts and you are mid-class right now, right? Yes. Uh, the, the school now, the H2O Wrestling Academy is open four days a week. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, different trainer each night. Friday night's usually my night. Uh, right now, Chuck Payne and Devin Moore are running class. And uh, uh, Friday nights is more beginners, uh, intermediate uh, class. So that they are they are starting from the basics and learning the fundamentals, one on one pro wrestling from the beginning. I I always had a my like biggest kind of, like question when I hear that like the beginners like as a trainer and you get beginner class and like is it often that you see someone and as soon as you see them they're like wow you got it like. Do you, you, you see many people that have that trait? Uh, every so often. Um, and it's, it's usually, at least for us, it has been the, the kids with the amateur wrestling background. They just have the, you know, the, the, the ring awareness and the, the physicality. You know, they're, they're already ahead of the turn and ahead of everybody else as far as once, the, uh, once the, their training begins. Uh, we have a student, Reed, uh, student Marcus Mathers, all did amateur wrestling in high school, middle school, some of them their entire lives, and they just pick it up really, really quick. And it's a, a benefit to them, and they're the ones that are, you know, learning quicker and, and you know, getting, more, getting opportunities a little quicker. So it's it definitely we've, – we've had a few, and it's, uh, it's cool to see because sometimes, you, especially pro wrestling, you either don't have it or you got it. Now, what, do you guys do, like, uh, promo work and whatnot there as well at yeah, the Academy? Yeah, um, 100%. Uh, you know, Tuesdays are advanced nights, so a lot of it is the, the students that have, you know, already been working matches um, that have moved up to our main roster. Uh, Wednesday, which is run – Tuesdays is run by uh, Vinius James. Uh, Wednesday is run by Michael Keener, former ECW referee. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Thursday is run by Mike Quest. He was a part of the Garden State Gods. Uh, they were a tag team in Jersey All-Pro in the, infant, you know, the very uh, highlight days of JPW. And then Fridays you have myself uh, you know, just taking on the, the new kids that we have that are coming in. Uh, I used to run the Thursday class, but as the company has grown uh, you know, tremendously in the last six months, um, I, you know, I had to change my position with the school and, you know, that now I'm, that's why I'm running Friday nights now. Um, and you know, we're, we're doing something right so far. <laughs> now, that's pretty crazy to, for it to be booming that much as how everything went this year for things to be booming is especially in, in independent wrestling. 
Mm-hmm. That's just crazy to hear. I mean, I'm glad to hear it. It's just crazy to hear that that's what's booming right now. Yeah, it's uh... – I've said to the, my main roster guys and I've said to the, the students as, as early as Tuesday that the, the pandemic has been a blessing in disguise for us because as, as far as the independent scene, there's only a handful of promotions running in the entire United States. I would say, you know, maybe 10. And we're fortunate enough to be one of those 10. And we're able to do what we've been able to do because we built our own foundation and laid the bricks. And having our own venue, uh, you know, affords us to do a lot of things. And, you know, we, we've run more shows this year during a pandemic than we did last year uh, with no pandemic. Um, we've run 20 live events as far as our main roster and our you know, semi-main roster shows go, our, our week, our bi-weekly Monday night student shows. Um, so, we, and with those included, we've probably run over 40 live events during the course of the year. And that's not even in, including uh, rentals, other promotions that rent out the building um, and just, you know, other forms of entertainment. So, you know, because, because there's so little promotions running, you know, there's, but, you know, there's still some demand and people wanting to watch, you know, wrestling content and it, people gave us a chance that were either, you know, sleeping on us before um, or just because there, there's so much wrestling out there today that's so accessible, you know, they just didn't have time for us. And, you know, this pandemic, again, blessing in the skies, they've given us a chance. And, the, you know, the one thing that has made us stick out in a day and age in 2021 now where, you know, pro wrestling is very high spots and, you know, everything was, is now, now, now. The one thing, the thing that's made us stick out that people have noticed and I hope they continue to notice is, you know, I'm not, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're, we're doing pro wrestling 101 stories, angles, a build, a payoff, uh, I mean, to me, that's what I thought pro wrestling was, uh, pro wrestling with a purpose. And if there's no purpose behind it, there's no emotional investment in it, and there's, there's no money to be made. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very, very old school with all that. So, you know, we're going to keep – we've been rocking and rolling, doing our thing, and we're just doing pro wrestling. When a lot of, a lot of independent wrestling now is, you know, first-time ever matches, uh, no build, no heat. And it's just matches for the sake of matches. Same thing with like the hardcore wrestling a lot of times now uh, is becoming, you know, violence for the sake of violence. And there's a time and place for it, but I don't know. I just, I like having purpose uh, in my, in my pro wrestling. You know, what's funny is that we watched the last, the, uh, the day after Christmas show. And as we were watching, I said to Larry, I said, you know what I appreciate this is that there are stories in each little increment of the show there's it's been there's been some sort of build and it's easy to follow along with like and you get it and it's like it's refreshing to see and for especially in independent wrestling you don't see i'd say maybe two or three places where i mean locally that you can actually see like storylines from building throughout the season i guess you want to call it and I, my question is is that how do you make it so that yes you can follow a storyline but you still can grab like uh other like common fans like how do you make it so it's exciting to watch but and you don't necessarily need to have seen the story and 
how do you make it entertaining for the people that have been following along the whole time? I feel like the, the, the fan base that has been supporting us, like you have your, your smart mark fans that know every intricacy of in and out of the business. And, and they're, they're either going to support you or they're not going to support you. They, they like who they like and they, they, they don't like who they don't like. And, uh, our, the, our crowd, um, you know, especially in this area of South Jersey, you know, ICW's running here. GCW's in, has been in, in Atlantic City last night and tonight. And we're right in Williamstown, right in, right in the middle of both of them. And, you know, we're not far from South Philly, you know, where all the, you know, extreme heritage comes from. Uh, you know, our fans is a mix of the, the smart mark fans. Then you have the, the casual viewer, um, you know, and we have some fans that have been coming since day one that just like to support the local promotion. Um, so we, our, our, our fans of, are of all walks of life. And I think, again, I'm not, we're, we're not insulting intelligence. And like you said, it's very easy stories to grasp. And because we're just doing, you know, basic, pro pro wrestling formula that's you know it is and it should be easy to grasp because it, it shouldn't be convoluted storylines that don't make sense or uh you know or just you know disinterest to you we're, we're keeping it simple we're keeping it basic uh simple and subtle um but we're our execution of all those angles and stories um you know have been done good and that's a, a credit to the talent and with because the, the booking is, if you, as you spoke of, there's not a lot of bookers anymore. Uh, and I think that's the big difference. Uh, there's matchmakers now, any, but anybody could be a matchmaker. Anybody could be an armchair quarterback. Uh, a, a booking takes uh, time and effort. Um, you know, right now, just today, we announced we're doing a doubleheader uh, on January 23rd. Um, you know, a lot of those angles were building up from the last show. New stuff is going to start. You know, I'm going to, I'm probably going to write these two cards probably four or five times over the next few weeks until I really feel it. And I, I see as far as the, the flow of the card, um, you know, especially the Christmas show that just happened. You know, you have nine matches on a card where eight of them are gimmick matches and a, you tell someone that's, you know, booking them today, you know, oh, how can you book a card and still have a flow of, of peaks and valleys and ups and downs and uh, emotion and all this and, and amongst all the violence? And you can. There was, a, you know, definitely a rhyme, rhyme and reason for everything that happened at the Nightmare of the Christmas show. And, you know, we, and we started lighthearted with, uh, you know, Santa Claus and G. Raver. And then we ended the night with a Christmas present. Uh, that was given to us to uh, by the the men from Ohio we're currently feuding with. Um, so we're just keeping continuity. I think just people appreciate the the time and effort and that are put into the angles. They're not insulting your intelligence. You can follow along, and you're gonna you know all all we want is for you to emotionally invest so you continue to buy a ticket and come see us live at the building or subscribe to IWTV and watch us live. Um, and that platform has been huge for us as far as, you know, that blessing in the skies, that platform changed the game for a lot of us. And, you know, it's, uh, it's exciting as we head into 2021. I mean, 
I know we're supposed to hate them, but the one thing that I do appreciate about 440H is that they do the angle of you're supposed to hate them, and they know that, and they are very, very good at getting people, especially RSP. Ricky Shane Page is like, he's, I feel like he's coming to his own. When he was that purebred baby face in CZW, I think he's hit, he's firing on all cylinders now. Yep. He's the number one heel in the business. Uh, on an independent level, or even I would I would throw his name in there on a national level. Um, you know, there there was a reason, many many reasons why I you know I reached out to him uh, to be my my opponent for my last match. You know, back in October when I retired, and we were able to you know change the narrative of what's been really going on lately because I, I I do actually see companies doing more story now. Uh, because over over those two months of September and October, uh, building that match, not you know not only did we build it here, uh, we were able to build the story of a match that happened at H2O at several other wrestling promotions. We did we did a spot at IWA Mid South in Indiana. Uh, we did a spot at ICW, and you know people worked together, and we built all that up. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a good thing to see. But Ricky's number one, the whole group. Getting heat is a lost art. Um, I'm, I'm only 31, but I'm a, a very old school wrestling fan. Memphis, world class, uh, you name it, all the good shit. And it, it's a lost art. And, man, if you can get heat and, and, still, and get heat today, because everybody wants to be the cool bad guy, but they still want to sell their T-shirts. But if your work in the ring is that good and you can generate and get that heat, you don't have to worry about selling those T-shirts because they're going to pay you the money you need to be paid because you're doing your job right. And people are scared in 2021 to be a, a legitimate heel. And that's not being an asshole to the fans, uh, you know, outside of it like some. It's just in the ring doing, you know, one-on-one pro wrestling and just being a good heel. And they're, they're – the chase is always in the the baby face to the you know working with the heel whether it's a title or whatever but it, it's a lost art and you, you you need that dichotomy of a face and a and a heel and getting heat and is the best best thing in the world because heat will draw money and Ricky Shane Page and I did that in October and you know right now we're planting seeds and, you know, throwing a little water on those seeds over the next few months. And, you know, we got a long-term vision for the entire thing. And I, it's, it, it's what's keeping me excited, though I'm not in the ring no more. Like, I'm, I'm excited now more than ever just to, you know, book and get, be creative and to see these things come to fruition over the next, you know, six months to a year. Um, so, but, yeah, RSP and Full 4 they're they're doing something right. And, uh they're pretty damn good at what they're doing. Yeah, they really don't. You don't have to worry about selling T-shirts if you're if you're doing your work as a bad guy so good that you're gonna get booked and booked and booked because you're gonna be working top faces everywhere. Yeah, you're gonna be working every promotion's top face because you're that good at what you do. So who the fuck cares if you're selling T-shirts? Yeah, yeah. That that would just. I mean, I know money's money's money and everybody wants it, but. I mean, if you're if you're getting booked, that means you're you're doing something right. Yeah. If, and Matt, uh, uh, you also yes. said it out, and you touched on uh, your retirement, and you had this tour that you did, and I'm kind of curious of 
of all those matches, and maybe it was the RSP match to finish it off, but I know like one we enjoyed by far out of all of them was the tag match you did with you and Effie against Team Tremendous, which had everything. It had everything. I mean, coming out, them singing, them singing to Effie's song, to you dancing to the song, to then comedy in the ring, then going right to hardcore. It had storytelling and everything. So for us, it was one of the, our favorite matches of that tour. But do you have a favorite match? Um, it's, it'd be tough because, you know, on, on the list, they, they really are. And mm-hmm. on the list of reasons of why I retired, my physical well-being wasn't one of them. Like, I, I feel the best I've felt in probably two, three years. And I was having some of my best matches and best stories I ever fucking told uh, in 15 years in, this, in those last, you know, two months. Uh, and I think there was 13 or 14 matches um, and each one had story, each one had purpose, uh, you know, because we're, you know, we're supposed to, we're storytellers and that's what we're supposed to be doing. And, uh, you know, four, five or six of those matches were against my students. And, you know, all those meant, you know, so much to me to be able to, you know, work some of my kids on the way out. Uh, man, the match with Alex Cologne at, at Joey Janelle's spring break, you know, yeah. I, I got yeah. there that day and had no idea we were the main event on a stacked independent card like that with talent from all around the country there. Uh, when I looked at the run sheet and I saw we were main event, you know, I, I already knew it was, it was a big show, a big match, and, you know, had to go out there and deliver. And then once I saw it was the main event, I'm like, all right, you know, got to put our big boy pants on tonight. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I feel like, you know, my match with Ricky – was was damn near perfect and and so was Alex Cologne. They were two of my best storytelling death matches in my career and a uh, testament to them as well. You know, I wanted to go out, you know, working with some of the best to see if I could still hang and uh, you know, you know, out of all the matches on the tour, you know, those th- those those two definitely stick out the most. Uh, even I, I worked John Wayne Murdoch at IWA Mid-South. That was a crazy match. Um, each place that I worked for had purpose. I wanted to work for promotions that meant something to me. And I wanted to work with guys that I had a good rapport with, that I had history with, or I didn't wrestle at all. And it was a first time match. Eddie only was one of those at ICW. Uh, again, a four four zero, and it worked well with the story. Um, and his, his, his heel works incredible. Um, you know, he's, he's very underrated as far as his character stuff. And we went, we were the main event of that ICW show. And there was probably six or seven matches before us that did everything under the sun. As far as the violence, light tubes, glass, uh, tables, bar, bar, everything. And when you go out there in the main event, you're like, what are you going to do? And we, we did what really not too many other people were doing today. And we just, you work the crowd and you work, do your character stuff. And we had a very Memphis style death match. And I was drop I was doing atomic drops uh, and throwing light tubes and it went over fantastic. And again, a testament to his, his character and his body of work. And, you know, the, the story that we told and, I mean, it it would be hard to pick one. I'm going to have to put all 14 together as one and say they were all fantastic and they were all my favorite. 
I mean, that, that's fair. That, yeah. that's, that's fair to do. I mean, as a farewell tour, they're all going to, every single one of them is going to mean something differently. And as a whole, it just means the most. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think with some fans that, that don't get into deathmatch, I think the main thing is that they can't get past the blood and they can't get past the, okay, well, why is, they want to know why this is happening. And mm-hmm. I think when it's done right, you're able to see, you're either able to feel the emotion, like the matches you were talking about, especially you and, and RSP, like there was a lot of emotion. I know that was your last match and that was probably large part, but you're able to see like there's, there's purpose for, for everything. There's not just, you can see past the blood and past the light tubes, past the tables, past the barbed wire, all that. And you're, and you could see them, you could see fighting for a reason. Without purpose, I just feel like, you know, I'm just, I'm just going out there and wrestling. I, I need something I can, I need a story to sink my teeth into, to get motivated, to get creative. And man, that the match with Alex was emotional. And, and then the, the biggest thing overall, those bigger matches, especially with Alex and RSP, uh, all three of us had a intertwining bond and relationship with Danny Havoc. If it wasn't for Danny Havoc, neither the, of the three of us, our careers probably wouldn't have been uh, what they were, uh, what they still are for those guys. And, man, they're, they're super emotional, uh, you know, especially – Especially with RSP, it was the the last match uh, that whole weekend. Uh, it was all of us that have grieved for the last four months. It was okay. I think we can all, you know, try to move on now. You know, we paid tribute, paid homage. Uh, you know, crowned the champion, and then I, you know, I added my retirement to the whole weekend, and it was a Crazy emotional. Uh, Danny Havoc's family was there. His his uh, mother-in-law's brother-in-law, cousins, um, you know. And and H two O is the, our locker room's a, a big family. Uh, never no drama, no issues, and like everyone was. Everyone put everyone tied their boots on a little tighter that weekend and really put forth an effort. It, it was emotional. There were so many people here for so many different reasons and so many different purposes. And, you know, that, that, that last match was very, uh, I guess, therapeutic as well. Um, as crazy as it sounds, like, you know, I wouldn't have done all the glass and the violent stuff for, you know, all these years if, if I didn't like it, as crazy as that sounds. But I don't like pain. I don't enjoy blood and anything like that. But, man, the, the, the violent storytelling, I just I loved and thrived in. Um, and that last match was just me selling. I hit one move. You tell that to an indie, a, a super indie wrestler today, that, and you tell them they can only hit one move, uh, they're going to cry wolf because they can't <laughs> hit 10 Canadian destroyers. Uh, <laughs> I hit one Samoan drop. I sold and, and, and just told a story with, you know, my facials and mannerisms and body language. And, and a lot of lot of verbal communication. Uh, we we're yelling at each other, saying very impactful, meaningful, emotional things, um, and that's part of the story, part of the the th- theatrics and what we do. And you know, it, again, you know, it, we won into to, we got nominated on IWTV, you know, to win match of the year and then moment of the year. Um, you know, that just uh, an extra cherry on top of to solidify, like, 
all right, you know, this is pro wrestling. We're doing it right. The death match art may not be everybody's cup of tea, but at least we can, you know, try to show them that it's more than just the blood and guts. It's another genre of the game. And, you know, our, our, our canvas is just a little more bloodier uh, than others. Um, There's a little bit more red on there. <laughs> <laughs> now, during the tour, was there any person or any match is the one that got away? Is there one that, that you really wanted for that tour that you didn't get? Off the top of my head, I don't – I worked – I feel like I worked everyone that I really wanted to work with for the promotions that I was able to, you know, work with again, you know, all this happened during a pandemic, you know, what have I liked to have one more match at CZW, one of my homes over the years, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm not losing no, no sleep over it. You know, I was, I worked for the, the right promotions and wrestled the right people. Um, I think uh, I think the only thing I I wish wasn't going on it wasn't amongst the pandemic and eats to the tour and able to go to Japan and stuff one more time, but you know yeah I just the biggest thing was I wanted to work my kids and I was able to work uh, quite a few of them on the way out and that meant the biggest thing to me uh, in the grand scheme of things aside from the Alex match and the RSP match. Um, you know, to be able to have, you know, Reed Walker is one of my, one of my kids and I had his debut match and his debut match was a part of my tour. Um, and a couple of the kids matches were, so that meant a lot. And cause you know, the, the students now I live vicariously through and, uh, you know, it's, they keep me motivated to wake up every day to, uh, still be a part of this crazy business called pro wrestling. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Matt, the one thing I know we were wishing for weeks on end while it was going on is that open invitational that Cody Rhodes had and the social media beat that you were putting out there wanting to face it. And every week waiting to see who it was, we were praying that we saw you come down that aisle to answer it and unfortunately didn't get to see that. Um, I called him out quite a few years ago. Uh, met him on two occasions, uh, you know, spoke here at my building. Um, I won't go into too detail because I, you know, don't know how much they wanted that, you know, kayfabe. But at the time, uh, he was Ring of Honor uh, NWA champion. Um, and they were in Philly for something and spoke and discussed. And then after that, it just, you know, I did the Twitter thing and put some tweets out and stuff. And overall, uh, I probably could have put a little more work into it if I really truly wanted it. You know, I was able to, we were able to make Onita happen because of the, you know, promos and me in front of a camera. And that's the best thing I do. Um, you know, I tell people I got a, I don't do a bunch of moves. Uh, I got a Memphis right hand and I can talk you into the seats. And I feel like, uh, if I was able to get to that point, maybe, maybe that could have been the thing to edge them on to want to bring me in and do something. Uh, no regrets at all in my career. Uh, do the one thing I wanted to do that I was unable to do was do something on national television. But I feel like 
even without doing that, the, my, the body of work that I was able to, you know, put forth um, all these years, you know, internationally uh, and, you know, domestically, um, you know, even without television, I was able to, you know, build a pretty, build a pretty good name over the years and, you know, just being a, a dude from South Jersey. Yeah, I mean, if you if you if you talk to to wrestling fans in our area, in this area, you're one of the top names that comes up. I mean, just because of the work that you did for, I mean, your own company, GCW, CZW. I mean, it, you're one of the the top independent names around here. So you must have been doing something right this whole time. Pretty pretty crazy and surreal to to think about it. Um, that you know. Uh, I tell my kids a lot of times, like, uh, and I, I think I said it during the retirement thing, like, I don't walk around as the bulldozer. I'm just, I'm just Matt Tremont, normal, normal dude, like everybody else, uh, you know, separated this world and, and the, and real life world. And so when I, you know, hear things, when people say like legend and icon, like I, I appreciate it. Uh, but like, I, I don't ever, you know, I don't ever, you know, I ain't getting off with all that, you know, that I appreciate it, but, uh, and it's surreal because, uh, you know, one of my students, Gigi Everson, uh, he's, I think, 20 years old now, and he messaged me when he was 15, because uh, when he enrolled in the school two years ago when we opened it, uh, he told me when he was, fi- I didn't even have a school when he was 15, it was over five years ago, he's like, if you ever have a wrestling school, um, I'm going there because I'm a, I'm a fan of you and you've made me want to be a pro wrestler. And the first day we opened H2O in 2018, the school, he was there. And now he's killing it and on the main roster uh, and with Stockade and his group. Um, which, so all that, all that is surreal stuff. And it's, it's, it's greatly appreciated. And, you know, it's uh, cool to look back on. <laughs> Yeah, but not only that, but now you bring you bring your your eyes that have been following you throughout your career. Now you bring them to H two O. So you're kind of giving all your kids and your 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 uh, your roster your 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 shine. Like your shine is now their shine, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's all about giving the rub, as they say in the business. Uh, how many people still do that? <laughs> uh, not as many as you think, or the you know willingly, because um, <laughs> but but that that's how the business evolves. If Necro Butcher didn't put me over in the first round of tournament of death ten years ago, you know who knows where my trajectory would have went. You know what path I would have went down. Um, you you gotta you gotta do good business. You gotta put the the next generation coming up over. So the business continue to be a business and evolve uh, so we can keep doing something we enjoy, hopefully make a few bucks while we're doing it um, and, you know, do right by the business and, you know, keep doing what we got to do. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely people, <laughs> there's a lot of marks out there and most of and so, a lot of them are in the business and <laughs> because they can't separate it, you know, it, it's, it's, it comes off like an individual sport, uh, pro wrestling, but it, you know, supposed to work together, do business together, um, to prosper and make money and, and again, do something you enjoy to do and, you know, try to make a living at it. Uh, but you know, that's, it's working together. Um, I think, and that doesn't happen as often anymore because everybody just wants to, 
uh, start a revolution or it's a big dick swinging contest with everybody. You know, I don't <laughs> who cares about being number one in a fake world. Uh, you know, I, I don't care about that. All I want to do is grow the, especially where I'm at now, just grow the promotion and just to be able to, all right, as we grow, make a little bit more, more money so I can pay the boys even more um, at the end of the day and take care of them. And if they're taken care of and I'm, I'm taken care of and I'm happy, so are them. And, you know, that cycle just keeps going on and on and on. Um, you know, it's not hard. It's not a rocket science business. It's uh, very simple. A lot of people make it out to be rocket science. And it's because nine times out of ten, uh, they're just out for themselves um, you know, there's not too many unselfish people in a selfish business. Now, you talked about teamwork and growing the company. Now, do, do you have you ever thought about joining forces for a couple shows with another promotion or running co-promotion events? Is that something you got you thought of, or I've had uh, we we've done a we've done some small stuff. Uh, you know, with, with some, with a few promotions over the years, nothing of a grander scale as far as like a show, but we've worked together behind the scenes. Um, nothing's ever been presented or on the table to, you know, do business together, together. Um, but at the same time, you know, even before I started running H2O and, you know, now that, you know, running it for almost five years now, um, you know, I, I've always, I don't step on no toes. I stay in my lane. I don't want to rock off nobody else's shine. And I, I like doing everything in-house and building it and laying our own bricks to build our own foundation. Um, let me, let's, we're building to the point to get to that level to do business with other promotions. But I, I, I want to get to a, get to that level first and be comfortable where we are and do it our way and do it the right way and not the carny way like a lot of other places. And then once we're there and business is good and we can take care of ourselves and then we can branch off and do business, um, you know, with other promotions and do, you know, collaborations and joint shows and stuff like that. So it's definitely something uh, you know, f foresight to maybe possibly do in the future. Um, right now, uh, I'm going to lay our bricks in until we get there. I mean, the, the stronger your roster gets, the more dream match scenarios you can get with someone else. Because that's, that's what people talk about. That's what, if you, if you go on social media, well, people talk about dream matches all the time. Like, what if this person and this person were able to work together? Like, I think people want to see it so badly that, I don't know what they would do if they actually got it. Like if you, if you got a, a co-promotion show or whatnot, like I feel like it, it, it would be like a new trend. And then you, then you run into the risk of like, all right, well now everyone's doing it. And now we, we lost our, our roots. Uh, that, that's what happens a lot in, in, in the wrestling business uh, with, with, with many things. Um, people are going to, you know, there's so many companies now that don't have an identity because every company's doing the same thing. Every company's using the same guys. And do, you know, do I want the boys to get bookings and make their money? hundred percent. We're independent contractors. We're just trying to do our thing. Um, and I guess the one thing that the appeal of H2O, um, and not to blow smoke up our ass, is if you look at our roster, 
a lot of those guys, you can at least in this area, the tri-state area, you can only see at H2O. And it, that's, that's a betterment to us because, you know, if I want to see, you know, Jimmy Lyon and, and Mark Angel uh, and Chuck Payne and even Ron Mathis and his guys, you know, they're all, they're all the way from Ohio. You know, you can only in this area that you can only see them at H2O, um, you know, which has been, you know, invaluable to us, uh, you know, since the beginning of the, of the company. So, and it's, 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 it's only helped us and more and more now, especially in the last six months when, as I we're growing and I see the numbers growing um, now more than ever, if I, if get everybody on the same page on the main roster to in, invest in what we're doing, uh, you know, the, the goal is to, you know, be running four or five shows a month, running different counties in New Jersey and in South Jersey and, you know, doing house shows to build to the pay-per-views here at the center uh, and, you know, branching off and running in other States. Like for, for the first four years of the company, I, you know, it was just fun. And, but I want to get to the next level now. And it's, uh, it's exciting to see. And it's, uh, it's, I know it's going to be a lot of work. And, but I think every show that's passed since August, you know, uh, there's been progression and we've, we've grown in some department and uh, it's just exciting because I want to be able to the, the same things I was able to uh, appreciate and, and have in, in the business. I want our guys on the, on this roster to do those things, you know, go to Japan. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate. I, I don't have a high school diploma. I dropped out my senior year of high school. Uh, I knew I didn't need that piece of paper to, in order to be successful in life because I was going to be a professional wrestler. A little luck along the way, I was able to make a decent living on an independent level uh, of this business and take pay my bills, live comfortably, and the wife's happy and the dog's got food in the bowl. Um, and, you know, I want that for others on the main roster. Um, and, and they can do it, and we can do it as a company, and it's just getting that investment of them to, uh, to do it. And, you know, it, that's the exciting thing. That's why I, I look forward to the locker room meeting before we go live on IWTV. And I thank IWTV every show for that platform. You know, I go over the card and then I hype everybody up because, you know, for the first time in, you know, five, almost five years we've been running, uh, to see it start paying off a little bit and to actually see growth, um, it's exciting, and I get the same satisfaction or feeling out of booking a good card and seeing the boys bring it to life to the you know, same thing to when I had a good match. So, uh, you know, I guess the, the, the old adage of when you break into the business, uh, you know, you train where you train, and then, but you're only going to develop and get better if you go outside of your bubble and travel and do this and do that. I did all that. Uh, I don't want to travel no more. Uh, I want to stay in my bubble and I want to make this bubble, uh, you know, whatever it can be on a positive way for everyone else here um, to, to gain something from it, you know, emotionally, whatever. So yeah, it's uh, I'm excited for 2021 and, and what we're doing, you know, here at H2O. 
Now, speaking of 2021 and what you guys are doing, you guys are doing something that not many other promotions or companies have done, and you're doing a dedicated women's show. It's uh, it's the to crown a, a queen of the death match. Yeah, pretty much queen of the kingdom, queen of the death matches. You know, all the, all the same, just a, a different moniker on top of it. Now, how how is it booking a show like that, and and how? how many women are going to come from that match or from that card now is there is there a lot of women death match wrestlers there's only a handful of you know quality good uh women pro wrestlers that can uh you know dabble in the hardcore death match extreme world ultra violent world whatever you want to call it and label you want to give it um H2O ran, has run two shows in our existence uh, that were called WH2O, Women's Hardcore Hustle Organization, uh, on two separate occasions. It was like our sister promotion. And, you know, those were two, two very successful events that just gave us another uh, uh, branch off of our umbrella to show people. And the Queen of the Kingdom, we've wanted to do for some time, Queen of the Death matches have been done before countless other promotions over the years, um, but it just truly never had the, the the right field of you know the elite or the best women in the genre. And I think that's the that's the motivation in doing this is get, getting the right probably eight women together, uh, the baddest broads in the business, and let them do their thing. And uh, you know, as we promote it, you know, every kingdom needs a queen. And uh, we, we will find out who is the most hardcore, uh, you know, later this year in, in 2021. Now, has have any names been announced yet? Nothing yet, but uh, I mean, right, you know, our one lady that's uh, been killing it and on our shows on the regular is Miss Tara Calloway, uh, the queen of the dinosaurs, and the queen of the dinosaurs is uh, looking to become queen of the kingdom, I would say, in, uh, when the tournament rolls around. Very nice. That would have been my first guess as well. Yeah. Because I, I did notice that she uh, she had her match with Kid Osborne. And Kid Osborne is very underrated in his in his heel work, his character work. Very, very underrated. He's an easy guy to hate. <laughs> very he's uh he he can get some heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I and you mentioned heat earlier and and how people tend to not be able to generate genuine heat. Like it's usually all cheap heat and and there's very few that have have been able to do it and perfect it or get it as close to as possible. Now, do you do you guys teach that or preach that or do you try to find anyone that is able to do that? Are you trying to breed any more heat getters, heat seekers? When it comes to, I guess, like the character development and when it, to you know help the students pick a gimmick or you know be, become something. Um, most start out as a baby face in the business, I guess, or at least here. Um, and then over time, if they're feeling being a baby face or if it wasn't working, you know, we'll try the heel route. A lot of, a lot of the, you know, early infancies and stages of, you know, such and such person in the business is a lot of trial and error and to see, you know, what, what you're good at. And then once you're good at what you do, it's accentuating those positives and hiding the negatives. Um, 
you know, I, th I think out of all the students, at least here, um, everyone has started out as a baby face, I think, except one or two kids. And I have 47 students enrolled in the school right now. Um, I think Gigi Everson, who recently uh, turned heel, um, and he's Gigi is less than less than two years in. He's probably had 50, 60 matches now and was a great baby face. And once we turned him heel, his first heel match, I believe, was uh, and first big match was with uh, G. Raver uh, at our Mystery Violence Theater event uh, in early December. And watching the match, he was working and moving around the ring and just doing all the things that you should be doing. Like he's a 20 year vet. And it's what, uh, it, it's the, it's a real, it's a good feeling. And it's, it's with a lot of our kids and because they just been exceeding expectations and, and blowing my mind half the damn time. I'm like, cause I, I'm like, I wasn't as good at, at two years in. I sucked. Uh, you know, these kids are just so good. I mean, I mean, I guess a, a, a pat on the back to the teachers here, but a, a testament to their hard work and just listening. Um, and no, that's the big, I think that's the biggest thing. Just listen and be a sponge. Take in what you want to take in, process it how you want to process it, and, you know, use something from it. And, you know, let it be organic. People want to plan too much or think about too much. Just let things happen and listen to the crowd. I know it's a lot of things that old school wrestlers say, but I feel like I was like the one of the last generations that really did listen and, you know, don't look at it as, oh, he's just an old vet and he's bitter and all this. No, the, all that shit they said all these years, it still works. And that's what we're doing here. And, uh, you know, being a good heel, that's, uh, you know, a part of it. Everybody wants to be, everyone wants to shoot nowadays and, you know, try to try to outsmart the smart fan. That gets old after a while. Um, you know, uh, Jimmy Lyon, one of our uh, top guys now in H2O, was a long heel his whole career. Heal the whole time he's been here at H2O, and but was always shooting on something, uh, bringing up something personal. That shtick gets sold after a while. And I told him, and he became stagnant, and he wasn't on every show. I could only plug him in when I felt it was right. And then what changed the game for him, I'm like, stop shooting and just be a good heel. Just get heat. Um, you know, be creative. Don't, get the, don't, do, don't go the cheap heat route. Um, you know, Ron Mathis is the best heel in the business besides Ricky Shane Page. Why? Because he's not scared to be a chicken shit Memphis heel uh, in 2021. Um, and it, it, he's been killing it. And he's, he's been with us since the third show. And he's been a heel the entire time. And he's been a Memphis chicken shit heel the entire time. And he gets heat. I don't ever have to tell him anything before. Most of the time when he gets here for the shows and we're going over what we're doing, uh, I don't have to give him anything bullet points most of the time. I just tell him to do your thing and get heat. And he knows what he's doing. And I have that trust in him to go out there and do his job because he does his job very well. And, you know, Chando made that turn in him when he stopped shooting, just started getting heat. Um, and now, now he's a baby face because he wound up having good matches. And, 
got sympathy from the crowd and you know now he's he's over and he don't even know why half the times but he's doing something right but uh yeah the, I, I wish there were you know a lot more heels in the business um and he's uh you need heat if you ain't got heat uh get out of the wrestling ring <laughs> so um those those chicken shit heels always had the best facial expressions yes i was just gonna say that <laughs> Uh, before before we do let you go, because one we want to get you back to your class. Um, whatever uh, is coming up, we'll let everybody know, and the, the shows that are coming up to look forward to. Awesome. Um, Nightmare after Christmas was our our last event we had last weekend. That's available on demand on IWTV. Uh, if you're a first time subscriber, use that promo code Hustle for a free trial. And uh, we kick off 2021 on Saturday, January 23rd, right here at Dates Tour Wrestling Center in Williamstown, New Jersey. And we've done a lot of shows back-to-back weekends, but for the first time, we're doing two shows in one day. Uh, Deadly doubleheader, Saturday, January 23rd uh, at 2 two o'clock doors, 2.30 bell. Uh, it will be a show entitled, You Shouldn't Have Done That. Mm-hmm. And when that uh, live event proceeds and then comes to a close, uh, we'll kick everybody out, clean up, and uh, do it all over again uh, at 8 o'clock when uh, we present No Pity for the Week. And uh, waiting to hear back from logistics and all that to see if we'll be live. And I, I hope, hopefully we'll be streaming on IWTV. And we're going to do our thing, and we're going to you know, tell a lot of stories that day because a lot of things have been building up. And, the, you know, the big part is the main event of night two, Chuck Payne and Ron Mathis, we have been building to since September, uh, is come, has come to a head. And, you know, that's a, that's a big match. And I'm looking forward to it very much. And so if you're in the area, um, we've only announced one match and tickets are more than half gone when they went on reservation just a few hours before this broadcast. So... Um, which is good. And uh, another just instance of, of the growth of the company, you know, sometimes in the beginning it would take almost a whole week or more to, you know, get those tickets all gone. Now it's a day or so, which is pretty cool. So uh, yeah, it's, Matt, it's really a testament to what you guys are doing. We're trying, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, such a fun promotion to watch. And like we said before, the storytelling, it's evident. As soon as you watch a minute of H2O, it's fun to watch. Old school wrestling, storytelling, but still have violence. You still have regular wrestling, everything combined. So uh, we want to thank you for that. Thank you for all the years of wrestling entertaining us. It's been a blast watching you and seeing you at CZW, GCW, and everything we've seen you at. And thank you for taking the time and just talking with us tonight. No, no problem at all. Uh, I'm glad we made it happen. I think I talked a little bit more, but that, that's why I asked Chuck Payne to come here and because I, I told him I'd probably start yapping and I would go a little longer than it was uh, intended to. But I had a blast. I appreciate the platform and uh, to be able to talk about H2O and, and talk with you guys this evening. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thanks, no I appreciate it. Thank you again, Matt. Yeah, Have a great time, man. Take care. You too.